guys, and welcome to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. We are your hosts. I'm Alicia. And I'm Brian. And today we want to talk to you guys about a subject that might be a little controversial for some, and for others, it might not be at all. But before we get into today's podcast, I really want to invite you guys to go check out our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. We just had it redone just recently. You can find out more about us there, how to connect with us. You can also find out how to invite us to come to speak at your next gathering or event. So lots of different things on our website. So make sure you go check that out. So I want to start off today's podcast with a question for you, Brian. <laughs> oh, okay. And once I ask this and get your response, we'll start unpacking this episode for you guys. So you'll kind of know where we're going. So, jumping in, Brian, are you ready? Yep. (laughs) So, Brian, after we reconciled our marriage and made that initial decision to work on things, you had had your come to God moment. Um, Everything was now appeared to be pointed in the right direction, finally. So, right after all this took place, would you feel like you would have been in a good place? to launch right into our marriage ministry? Yes or no? Uh, no. Okay. So why is that? Okay. So you repented, you walked away. So why do you feel like going right into our marriage ministry? Um, and what we're doing right now would not have been a good idea. What would you say? Well, no, I reached a point. And it happened several times where I had, we had tried to reconcile for many years and I would come back and said, I would changed or had changed or was changed. However you want to look at that. Right. But you know, so many times I hadn't changed and I fell back into the same pattern and yeah, that last time I knew I'd changed. I knew things were different. I knew I was living differently. I had, a very quick encounter, almost like Paul did. Yeah, he did. Where, you know, the failed suicide and, uh, the nightmares. Yeah. The nightmares, the dreams, (laughs) the nightmares, the the failed suicide. So I had like this divine encounter where I knew deep down in my heart that I had changed. I was never going back. Right. Knew that without a doubt. But, it was walking it out and proving it to everybody around me because so many times I had said I was changed or I was going to change. And then I didn't, I just fell back in the same pattern. Right. So it was a quick transition for me, like personally, but yeah, to, to walk it out over several years. Yeah. Because you kind of, you would, come to that moment where you're like, I want to change, but it was like, there was a deep root and the fruit of that root was so active, even though like you didn't realize it was like your desire to change was there, but that deep rooted issue had not been unearthed. So it was like, you kept falling back into it. Right. And and it was, it was a process of me going through, getting to the root problem. 
you know, just spending that, like, you know, I've said many times that first year back home, um, you know, you and the kids both shot away from me. So it was just kind of me and God for that first year, which I would never trade that for anything because I was able to get to the root of the problem. I was able to strengthen my relationship with him. Right. But at the same time, you know, it was not only that year, but several years after that, that I had to walk, walk it out for people yeah. around me and family and friends. And it was like every, you know, holiday, sometimes I wouldn't show up before. Yeah. And, you know, from that year starting, I was always showing up with all the family get togethers with you and the kids, all the holidays. And, you know, you could even see people start to realize, okay, he's, yeah, it's like all every, eyes were on you. Yeah, he was, he's <laughs> here every time we have a gathering. So, but yeah, I just, you know, I knew how it changed, but it, it required me proving it to those around me. And, you know, it's not like one of those things where, you know, you can change and know you're changed. So I don't want to say you got to prove it to everybody else right. because, you know, it really don't matter. Other people really don't. It really don't matter what other people think if you know you've changed. But in our situation, stepping into a, I guess, a ministry role or, um, you know, things that we've done, I think it's very important that you prove yourself to those around you. Yeah, I think so. That change has come. Yeah. I know. I really wanted to talk about this because I think we see this often in the church world where maybe a leader in the church or maybe not even a leader has a moral failure or maybe steps away from God into a lifestyle of sin, you know, can that person repent and be redeemed? Absolutely. Should they be immediately reinstated into their current position? I, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Um, just kind of basing it off of our own experiences. Right after we came out of those many, many years of marital hardships and just, you know, tremendous amounts of pain, we had immediately, if we had immediately been thrust into marriage ministry, we would have had a huge bullseye on our back to the enemy. And I'm not saying like we should be afraid of the enemy coming after us. Certainly not. But I'm saying use wisdom you know, Brian and I had just been through 12 plus years of marriage battle. We were soldiers that had been wounded, battered, beaten, and torn. And we needed a season of rest and to heal. And I think going right back into some sort of ministry at that time, you know, if we'd been thrust back in, we would have been thrust back into battle and us still being battle we're in still being in a battle weary state and i think it makes it easier for the enemy to take you back down what do you think about like all of that yeah that's that's where i think it's very important to when you're coming out of any type of moral failure to you have to, I mean, you know, we, I see it, you know, here on the farm. One thing like we do each year is we spray all the fence rows to kill the weeds, mm -hmm. but they're not dead. They right. look dead, right? you know, from the ground up, but under the surface, there's still a root system. You just kill them for that season. Exactly. Basically. 
And next spring, the same weeds are back. If we killed them, they wouldn't come back the next year. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's me and my cousin that works for me. He, he has a farm too. And we talk about that, you know, we spray and we spray and they're dead that year. And the next year they're, they're back again. So, That's you know, really it's really important when you have a moral failure to get below the surface right. of what's causing it. Yeah, because and to honestly, dig it up. Yeah. that's moral failure or infidelity or whatever. In any lifestyle of sin is the fruit of a root. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard, I've heard pastors that have talked to me in the past who are young. And they didn't necessarily have more moral failures, but some of them had addictions that they were yeah, fighting. Yeah. And they go to church, you know, they have really good, you know, they have a good attitude. They're, they're people, people, pe- people, persons or person, people, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're really good with, with people and they come in and they get thrust into a ministry role. And, you know, I've even had some say, wait, you know, like we're struggling here, here, and we're thrust into ministry. And, you know, they even look back now and like, we wish we'd have had those things resolved before we got into those roles. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you know, I think, like you said, I think it's very important. It's, you know, is. there's situations even currently today that we see different things going on and, you know, things probably should have been like, you know, they're being dealt with and, but like you said, you know, it's like, you know, people do struggle. You know, I don't want to sit there and say that um, you can't get into ministry right. if you're struggling with, you know, certain things. I'm not saying that, but, you know, I think it's best to not have those struggles, to not, you know, like if you're oh, yeah. struggling with past addictions or what have you. But because um, like I said, like you said, I think, you know, the enemy, he's going to fight you that much harder if you go into a ministry role, you know, to just try to to break you. And, you know, it does, sometimes it does put a a bigger mark on you, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's like, I don't want to say that, you know, I don't want to say I'm like, you can't, you know, be in a ministry role because people struggle, but I think it's being open with others. You know, if you do have struggles so they can pray for you. I mean, if you think about like, it's one of those things like, it's not wise to be a deliverance minister if you still battle with your own demons. You see what I mean? So right. it would kind of be like, um, don't 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 uh lead drug rehab if you're on drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing and that's, is, that's that's we do that. There's honesty in that. There is because we've seen it even in our own community, you know, and. There's been some really sad stories about situations like that. Um, I think that's where the body needs to be open and transparent, you know, and and be available for those. You know, it's that's one thing is don't, you know, a loving body of a church, you know, because it's it's kind of like this. If if your kid runs outside and you tell him, don't keep playing or don't be playing with that knife or you're going to get cut. Don't be playing with that knife or you're going to get cut. Mm-hmm. And your child runs in and their fingers cut and they're holding the knife. You've told them not to be playing with. Yeah. If you're a loving parent, you're not going to start screaming and yelling. I told you so. You're going to grab them. You're going to hold them. You're going to try to Help hurt their, you know, take the pain away and bandage, you know, their wound. 
I think it's also the, that teaching portion. And I think it's where the church, you know, needs a lot of work, you know, because there is people who do struggle. And instead of, I mean, yeah, there's times when we, the church needs to put their foot down and be like, you know, if it's continual, but they need to be open and, you know, be willing to help those who are struggling if they come to them, because we've known situations where pastors have struggled with things. Mm -hmm. And then once it comes to life, they're like, who was we supposed to talk to? Yeah. You know, we're up here teaching. Who do we have to help us? So that's one thing I really like about our church because our prayer church is just a huge mm -hmm. body that just surrounds everybody, even our pastor. And yeah. we just, everybody loves each other. Everybody's praying for each other. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're the pastor, so you don't need prayer or you're on the worship team. So you ought to be prayed up yourself. We're not yeah. going to pray for you. It's just like our church just surrounds everybody as a, as a whole. And that's what a loving church does. Yeah. You know, it's like they love everybody and they don't push anybody aside because they have a little issue here, or a little issue there. Our, our church is more like an emergency room of a hospital. I think so too. We do. We get you in, we help you. Yeah. And we worry about cleaning you up later. Yeah. We're just looking at the wound. Stop the bleeding. Right. You know? Yeah. I was thinking as you're talking about, um, that scripture in first Peter five, eight, where it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. And so when I read that, that tells me he's looking. That means he's going to pass over some. He's not like looking to devour the whole group. He's going to pass over some, which was probably the more healthy ones, the faster ones, the strong, the strong, and he's going to go after the weak because they're easier to pick off. And I was just thinking about like, you know, had we gone into marriage ministry right after we came back together, we would have been that easy prey to pick off. Yes. We were like, we were heading in the right direction. We were reconciled. We were working towards the goal of reconciliation but we weren't ready. We were tired. We weren't healed. And you have to look at all of that. And if you were in, I'm just talking about like whoever's listening, if you were in ministry and you fell, you need, it's a, I think it's wisdom to step away for a little while. And I mean, maybe even a good while. Um, no one just, falls blindly opposite like whoop, there it is there's usually a grooming process of the enemy you know doling you convincing you persuading you and then ultimately tricking you one thing just you know i thought of like being a builder <clears throat> like if you have a i think you know like you said i think it's wise as a two-step way and to rebuild your foundation because your foundation is everything. Even in a house, say an old house has fallen down, more likely once they start to do an inspection, if the roof is caving in or it's, it's, it's drooping down or it's off level or drywall's cracked inside, normally it always goes downward. 
and they go into the foundation and they see that the foundation is is has settled or has issues it's normally always the foundation what's underneath and the thing of it is if say you say you fall or you stumble and you're like oh i'm gonna go right back into the row i'm at mm-hmm. you're basically jumping in and you're basically taking that old house that they say the foundation needs fixed and you're like i'm going to take from the ground up i'm going to doze everything off the foundation and i'm going to start building studs building walls and a new roof and everything you still have the same problem right everything looks good you've built it from the ground up Mm -hmm. but eventually that new structure is going to do the very same thing as the old structure because you didn't go down below the ground and take care of the problem at the foundation so I do, I think it's very wise to step away. Mm-hmm. You're like, we're going to get the root of the problem, what's under the ground. And if it's the foundation, which normally it is, we're going to rebuild yeah. the foundation and we're going to start from there up because then what's above ground and everybody sees, they're going to see that it's been fixed. Right. So sometimes, yeah, it takes stepping away and taking care of what's below the surface that nobody sees yeah. only, but you and God, mm-hmm. And that might take a year, might take years. Yeah. But then once you get that fixed, you can start building from there up that everybody around you sees. That's what's going to be most important in the end. Oh, I think that's so good. I know. I think that like you <laughs> just in a fist. I think that's so good because if you don't fix that foundation problem, even if you build a new house on it, you're still going to have the same problems, maybe not right away but they're going to surface inevitably they're going to surface. And so I was just kind of thinking like when we were talking about the scripture about how the enemy is looking for, you know, somebody to pick off. Usually it's the weak. I thought this was super, super neat. So I just kind of looked up, you know, how a lion stalks his prey and it says most hunting done by lions is under the cover of darkness they observe and stalk their prey without the threat of detection. It's actually quite common for lions to sit and observe their prey for hours and hours, usually just before sunset. They mostly wait until after dark before launching the attack. And so in, in the Bible, they actually refer to the enemy as a stalking lion. Like he's dedicated to watch you and to look for those, those things um, that he knows is going to work so that he can inevitably pick you off. And so I think that's an area that we just, you need to be vigilant. It even says, watch, watch. And I'm not saying like, you know, we're all subject to being attacked. And that doesn't mean, you know, that, oh my gosh, you know, there's something wrong with me. Am I in this immoral sin? It literally could just be that the enemy is just trying to take you out. But I mean, for us, you know, even after we had reconciled, we were back together, you know, yes, we were back together. We were in therapy and pursuing God's healing for our marriage, but we were still wounded and weak and in no place to be sharing what we are sharing now. 
I mean, just years ago, years ago, um, just talking about our past, like if I, there were some times where I actually stood up and shared about our testimony (laughs) way before I should have, and I would burst into tears and I mean, rightfully so I was, I was still actively bleeding on the inside. I wasn't healed. And so I was trying to minister from that place of woundedness, which doesn't really help anybody. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, we, there are situations like we've even seen where people, they like, you know, so I said stepping away and making sure you got the foundation because we've seen it situations where people have, they've got up and they've spoke about being involved in drugs or what have you, mm-hmm. you know, going through and they're at that point they're clean, but we've actually seen people do that and then get attacked by the enemy yeah. and fall right back into drug use. And it's, you know, it's, it's sad for them, but it also affects those that's looked up to them, right. you know, because they're like, they heard this testimony and not that you won't, st- you know, people, yeah, the, the enemy, he don't care how long you've been free of anything. If he can get you in a position to make you stumble again. So you always have to be vigilant and aware of that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, it's, it's very important that you've rebuilt your foundation. So you don't stand up and speak these things. And then people watch you fall. Yeah. Cause that can do a lot of damage to those around you, yeah. friends and family that's looked up to you and, you know, they shouldn't hold you on a pedestal anyways, but some do. Some of them, yeah, they do. Some of them look up to people very highly. So that's what it's very important to, to get to the root problem and to get the foundation taken care of. Yeah. Just make sure you're so strong in your faith and in God, you know, that you fall back on him for everything that just, yeah. if you're going to fall, you fall back. You know, on it's him. just like you said with the lions, it's just so important, especially with men. Yeah. It's come out of any kind of addictions like, pornography or drugs or infidelity it's so important to know that you're always fair game for the enemy yeah. he wants like he wants to leave the house he wants men worse than anything yeah. i mean he wants children he wants women but even when you look at the lions in the natural they talk about when a lion comes in and tries to take over a tribe of lions which is basically a family mm-hmm. they come in and they look for the male that is weak and they'll kill him and then they'll take over the fan, you know, the tribe or the family. And it's in the spiritual realm. That's the same thing that the enemy tries to do. You know, it's just, it's so sad because men have the whole idea of being a man and what's a strong man. They have it so wrong. Yeah. You know, they just, they do, they have it completely wrong. It's, it's fine to be a macho and to be, but you gotta, you gotta have that spiritual macho side to you too. That's so good. Because if you don't, the enemy's going to come in. If he can get rid of you, I mean, we see it all the time. You see it in multiple churches across the nation where women are attending churches with their children. Yeah. Or they're yes. attending. Yeah. It's like, you know what the problem is? Because they got this macho man sitting at home that thinks he's got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And he's strong enough. He can do everything on his own. And he's so... He's so blinded for the fact that the enemy's already stolen everything he's got, yeah. his family. And they've got it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they need to be in there with their wives in church. They need to be the leader of their family. 
They need to be on guard and vigilant and making sure the enemy don't slip in to try to take over their family. Yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, men just, they, it's just a, it, it, it is, it's a, it's a nationwide problem. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I agree. I think that's good. Wow. That was so good. As you're talking. Oh, do you, no, go ahead. Just saying, but it's good that there is Deborah's rising up, you know, to, yeah, there is, there's a lot of Deborah's out there that stepped up to the row of, of fighting for their family yeah. when it's not their, you know, that's not their position, but thankful that they're, they're there doing well, it. And, you know, I was thinking because for a long, long time, I was the, in a sense, I was the spiritual leader of our home right? because I had to be right. And the God can even take that because you, you were in a state of sleeping. So I had to be in a state of being awake. And, um, but once you got your heart right and God redeemed you and all of that stuff, then the roles began to flip and the way that it intended was for you to be the spiritual leader at home. It's like you reclaimed your position. And I was able to not saying like, oh, I just, you know, was I'm I'm weak now and you're strong. No. Because you're still a you're still still a spiritual warrior, a prayer warrior. I mean you are, but you know, it's with anything, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I mean it absolutely does not matter what you're doing. Almost always, it's better if there's two. Oh, yes. You know, if, if you're doing something, some type of task or it's always easier with two, you know. If you're I mean, carrying something heavy, you appreciate right, the right, second yeah. Or you're holding something up on a ladder, you know, it's, <laughs> a lot of times it's easier too. I mean, I've told you that building houses, you're like, you know, why don't you split up sometimes and you go to this house and your guy go to that house. And I'm like, because there's mm-hmm. just certain times... It's easier when there's two of us. It probably goes faster. It does. And smoother. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the way it is with a family and a spiritual world. If, you know, if the husband and wife, that was God's whole plan in the beginning anyways. Yeah. For two, for there to be a husband and wife and then be equally yoked and join together. And equally yoked don't only mean that you like certain things or it is, but it's spiritually equally yoked. Yes. Where one's fighting just as hard as the other or praying, you know, just as much as the other fighting for, you know. Yeah. And equally yoked doesn't mean you, you vote the same way or you, <laughs> you like the same, same football boots. team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that helps, but that's not what it's Well, I mean, about. if you vote the same way, it might be a little easier. You might not have any ar- <laughs> as many arguments, but. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I just wanted to say, like, as you're talking, that God cares way more about you being whole than he does about you building your ministry for him. I mean, he wants you to succeed, not succumb to the pressure or the attacks of the enemy because you did something too soon or out of time. And he will never have you do something too soon. He wants you to succeed And sometimes succeeding looks like stepping down for a while or maybe even indefinitely. I don't know. I don't know what your journey looks like. For us, we had to focus on us for many, many years. 
I mean, when we got back together, my thinking wasn't like, okay, let's go reach other marriages. Was you? I was like, I need the bleeding to stop. <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard enough to focus on ours, let alone try to focus on somebody else's. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you know, don't get us wrong. I mean, we ain't got it all together. We're transparent. We're open. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, because there's still things that come up from the past, even nine, ten years later that we have little snippy arguments about sometimes are more than a snippy argument, but, uh, you know, so we don't have it figured out a hundred percent, but, uh, you know, it's a lot further along than it was nine years ago. Our foundation is right. made. That's the difference this, this time around. Right. And this, this, I don't always go back to building, but it's what I know. It makes sense though. It's just, it's like, if you have, if you have a wall that's rotted, you yeah. don't take the sheeting off or the siding and cover it up with new siding. See this, I mean, you hear it all the time and like you hear it all the time in building. Well, if you do it first, the right time, you won't have to do it again. Right. Or there's times where we've done remodels and stuff. It's like we tear one layer out and we're like hoping that's the last layer. And we realize it's every layer. And you just have to get a mindset of like, I'm going down to the very root of the problem and it's starting over. And sometimes you literally start over on the first step of what building is. Wow. But if you don't do it, right. you don't get, the, you don't, the problem's not solved and you didn't do the job right. It'll resurface you, right? It will. So I think it's very important. But the thing of it is, if you do it right the first time, yeah, then God's going to make it beautiful in the end because you've went all the way back. How many ever steps you've needed to go back and yes. taking care of the problems. You haven't covered nothing up. You haven't put new siding over rotted wood, but even, and even in your mind for us, like when we do that on a job, when you go home, you know, you didn't cover something up that shouldn't have been covered up. You know that if, the homeowner was to take that siding off and look, they see new wood behind it right. and everything's new. Mm -hmm. And like, I think it's, I think it's a sense of accomplishment. Even if you've struggled somewhere and you know, you've gotten to the root of the problem, you haven't just covered it up with new siding. You know, God knows what you've done for one, let's say people come along that they they've seen you working through this and they start pulling the siding off yeah. and then they realize the problem still underneath. Yes. But if they start pulling stuff off and they, they get, they start examining you and they, they realize that you've taken care of, went back however many steps back, even to the beginning of the foundation. And you've started from there up and you've replaced every piece and that's new. They're so going to realize you, that you've changed. When you have to do that, say like you're, you're in a house remodel and you realize that the rot or whatever you're talking about is deeper than what you thought. Mm -hmm. There's more cost to it. Oh, there is more cost and more effort. Yeah. I mean, I asked a guy one time that did, um, he did like water uh, damage restorations and mold. And I asked him one time, I said, because there's so many products that covered up. There's so many mold products that cover thing, the supposedly cover mold and mildew up. And he told me, he said, when it comes to mold, there's one way to fix it, and that's to remove it. Mm -hmm. He said, it's just like cancer. If oh, you yeah. don't remove it, it's going to spread. You don't want to so sell said, a cancer. Yeah. So he's like, you have to cut it out and start with new lumber. 
You can't spray something on it. You can't wipe something on it. Right. It's always going to be there. So, you know, it but it does. It takes more effort. Mm -hmm. It takes more time. It costs you more. It costs, yeah, sometimes it costs you more. But that's what it is with cleaning up our past yeah. and not just throwing a sticker over it Bandit. or throwing a new piece of siding over to cover it up because eventually the same problem is going to show up again. I can guarantee you if you don't get to the root problem, the siding might look good on the outside, but eventually the same problem is going to arise again. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about even, even in the gardening world, a, an apple tree will produce apple fruit. Even if you pick all of the fruit from that tree, if you don't completely pull up the root of the tree, it's going to keep producing fruit, whether you want it to or not. It might take some time in between, which that's kind of like a, a, um, a, a thing that the enemy does is he likes to think, make you think he's gone by going into hiding. So like you may think, because we saw this even in your life mm -hmm. for years and years, we would think, oh, the enemy that Brian was battling is gone because you've been good for like, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half. But then that root would start producing that same fruit again. And it was, it was basically, I feel like it was out of your control in a way because it was a cycle like was a every cycle. year, the same cycle. Yeah. Because the root had men plucked out. It really yeah. hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I mean, so, so important to get to that root issue. And I, I feel like even when we got back together and reconciled, I don't know about you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my thinking wasn't, I want to go into ministry now. Like that wasn't ever a thought in my head. No. <laughs> it wasn't even a thought until just maybe the last two years. My whole thought the entire time that we was reconciling was God heal my heart, make the hurting stop. Like I wasn't like, Oh, I want to go save the world of marriages. Oh no, no, no. Sorry. Like no offense, but I wasn't thinking about any of your all's marriages. I was thinking about mine only. And what happened was ministry was the, what came after we went through the removal of the roots after we went through the healing of all of the things ministry came after that. And we went through year, like you were saying, sometimes, um, we've been okay. And there's been there, we, but we still have seasons where we pull back and have to focus on us again. If something comes up and that's okay. Yeah. The way I see it is things come up and you're still fighting, you know, not fighting literally, but you're fighting for your marriage. Yes. And, you know, life, that's what life, a lot of times it was what life throws at us. You know, there's just unexpected circumstances in everybody's life, but you just stay grounded spiritually and you fight yeah. and you fight for whatever it is. You fight for your marriage, you fight for your finances, you fight for your children, you fight for their futures, mm -hmm. but you know, it's just, and like you said, we didn't plan on going into this No, and I still don't feel like we're in a, in a marriage ministry. You know, for me, it's just more like giving people hope yeah. that what we went through, they can get through it as well. 
Because there's, I mean, there's so many people even around us right now that's come to us in our community and just said they're going through this. And, you know, they talk to us and they're like, well, there's no way we can get through this. You know, there's just no way. And we just try to feed into them hope that they can. Mm -hmm. And it's hard, you know, and we're very upfront. Like, it's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. It could wear you out. It could exhaust you. But it's worth it in the end. When you get past that. And there's no quick fix. There's not. Like people need to realize there's no, you know, ABC, do this. Yeah. It's and just, you're healed. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's just being broken and love another person more than you love yourself. And you're willing to give 100% toward them. Yeah. Not 50, but 100. We've said it before. Mm-hmm. And when you, like I said, a lot of times when they see you giving hundred percent for them. They can't help but start giving a little back. Yeah. And sometimes it might not be as much yeah. and that can be discouraging because I know that's what you did with me. Mm-hmm. You was giving so much and I was giving a little, little back, but that's what opened my eyes as I realized how much you cared for me and loved me. And then that just, I couldn't help but start putting more time into our marriage. Yeah. And just fighting for it more. Oh, so good. That is so good. I, th- I think that's a good place to wrap it up. But th- man, that's so good. I know we, we've we had to go through seasons where we were like good. And then we've had to go through seasons where we pulled back to focus on us again. And that's okay. That's what you should do. I mean, God would never have you sacrifice your family on the altar of ministry. He would not. Your family is important to him. Your marriage is important to him. It's not God, ministry, family. No, it's God, family, then ministry. And so we hope this really encouraged you guys to just, you know, take a look at yourself. And if you're somebody who's maybe in a place where you're like, you know, maybe I got into something a little too soon. There's still some roots here. It is okay to push pause. How many times have we had to push pause on our life to address things? A lot. So many times. And I've never regretted it because when you push pause, you can always push play again. That's right. (laughs) So we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please like, share this podcast, share our website, makingbeautywiththeashes.com. And until next time, we we bless bless you. you.